Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. How are you all doing? Well, it's uh, one of those days we've got an ill child. There's all sorts of stuff going on. It's freezing cold. And oh, yes, in the pantomime, the latest update is that the script that all these pencil directions have been written in, well, I was allowed to write them in, that's gone missing now. So we don't know what all the stage directions are. And it's causing a few issues, it's fair to say. So that's a lot of fun. But forget that because I've got some amazing books to talk to you about today. Might be a bit of a shorter episode this week. But from next week, we're going back to two interviews a week. Each one will be about 15 minutes. So enjoy the short and sweet edition this week because you're going to have full and details ones from next week. So not doing the five in five, although those will be cropping up from time to time. But instead, two authors, two 15 minute chat and more book reviews. And that's that. But let me tell you what gems we've got today, because there are many. We've got Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. And Fran is going to come on and talk to us about this book. We need to talk about this book because there is a lot, lot to say. Then we've got Stay Buried by Kate Webb. Then we've got The Daughter by Liz Webb. Oh, I didn't even know they had the surname. I'm presuming they're not related. Who knows? Then we've got Becky by Sarah May and Promise Me by Jill Mansell. A selection for you indeed. But let's get started. So Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. It's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful looking book and it's an incredible story. Listen to the blurb on this. One hot summer day stuck in traffic on her way to pick up the cake for her daughter's 16th birthday party. Grace Adams snaps. She doesn't scream or break something or cry or curl into a ball. She simply abandons her car and walks away, but not from her life towards it. To the daughter who won't live with her anymore and has banned her from the party. To the husband divorcing her. Towards the terrible thing that has blown their family apart. Today, she'll show her daughter that no matter how far we fall, we can always get back up again. Because Grace Adams was amazing. Her husband and daughter once thought so. They and the world might have forgotten, but Grace is about to remind them. And let's go to the first. Well, I'm not going to do the first sentence because it's got three words in it. So you're going to get a bit more. Grace is hot. There's the sun, like boiled breath, on the roof of her car. But it's more than that. This feeling that from nowhere she's been set on fire from the inside out. 
This is an amazing book. I just, I, in my head, I'd got it that it was going to be a good book, but it was just about, oh, a menopausal woman and let's all laugh at her and, oh, she's losing her mind and ha ha ha. No, no, no. <laughs> this is just so much more. Yes, it is about a woman who is going through all sorts of challenges in her life, but it's, it's a, I cried with this book. I haven't cried with a book for a long time. Is it years since I cried with a book? It could well be. It's, it's got everything. It's moving, it's punchy, it's powerful, and yet it's condensed and it's about this, all that she's going through. It's relevant. It's great. And I just think we need to talk immediately to Fran Littlewood. Well, it really is my huge pleasure to welcome Fran Littlewood, who is the author of Amazing Grace Adams. Fran, welcome. Hello, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> well, it's lovely to talk to you, although, you know, you've made me cry. I haven't shed a tear at a book for a long time, and yet I was howling oh. with, with your book. Oh, so. That's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. It's wonderful to hear. Yeah, it's <laughs> just what you want. It's the real holy grail, and that was such a shock to me <laughs> when for, when it first went out to publishers and pub hardened publishers were, were were laughing as well. We have to say this. Yes. The, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, well, crying, which is yes, quite something. <laughs> well, I think you. We need to start by you telling us a little bit about this glorious book. Okay. Yeah. So. It's the story of Grace Adams. She's 45. She's she's a polyglot and one-time TV star. And at the point that we meet her in the book, um, she's hit the wall. She's, she's at breaking point. Um, but she mm -hmm. is about to push back quite spectacularly. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's the hottest day of the year and she um, abandons her car in gridlock traffic and she sets out on foot across North London to try and win back her estranged daughter on her 16th birthday. So that's the premise. And, yeah, there's love and loss and marriage, motherhood, identity it looks at and, and the ambush of age mm. and um, a fair smattering of female rage thrown in there <laughs> because before I read it I thought oh it's a it's a book about a woman going through the menopause and I thought it would be you know a, a bit of a romp and and but but it's not it's so relevant to so many of us yeah yeah and it's got such guts to it well it's really interesting because for a long time I sort of was sort of pitching this to my friends saying this is a book about a perimenopausal woman going on a rampage but as you said and happily for everyone it, it quickly became much more than that and it is a real kind of story of womanhood and we, when we meet when there's a sort of the the uh historical time frame in the book where we meet Grace and she's 28 so actually we kind of there's this sort of almost two decades of her that, that we get to see and, and know so yes again it has like there's people in their 20s who have read it and and, and felt seen and, and enjoyed it up to yeah. my mum who's in her 70s so yeah it does it really kind of does cover that spectrum and also my delight is that lots of men have enjoyed the book as well. And why shouldn't they? You know, why, should, why shouldn't they? But I really felt, um, as you said, this was kind of a, a book really entrenched in, in womanhood. But actually, I think lots of the, lots of the issues, the, the parenthood issues um, are yeah. chiming with, with, with men as well. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, 
as I was reading it, you know, I was going through the, what am I doing as a parent? I'm failing, you know, my, my child doesn't <laughs> listen to me anymore. So yes, it resonated. Yeah, which is exactly what society tells us we should feel, which is Grace's whole, you know, this is what she rises up against. She's she's had enough, this, this double sounded. And again, I thought the book might be a bit, oh, poor dear, you know, she's she's got going through the menopause, you know, there, there, same, same old story. It's not. She has had a lot to deal with in her life. And, you know, this rage isn't, isn't just a menopausal rage. It's a life rage. It's a, you know... How far am I going to be pushed? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a woman rage as well. I mean, when I sort of, you know, she has these sort of extraordinary characteristics. She is this incredible linguist. But at the same time, in many ways, I wanted to write her as an as an every woman. Mm. And I feel like this sort of simmering rage that Grace has is something that a lot of us are living with. And I think all women and girls, but I think especially in this in this midlife space, because you know, we're supposed to be all things to all people. So there's this huge domestic burden, the emotional labour. It, it falls to us. We know it anecdotally. Um, but also the data shows that as well, particularly, I think, after lockdown, which really levelled the playing field. Everyone was at home, but but statistics show it was still women who were kind of mopping up these kind mm-hmm. of this 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 emotional labor and yeah and, and, and all the domestics so there's that you know you're squeezed on all sides by everyone who kind of needs you and sort of seen through the the lens of others and then at the same time we are held I think women to well I don't think I know to a much higher standard than than men to this impossible standard so I feel like in Grace's case you know she's 45 but she's supposed to look 25 she's supposed to be as you say this perfect mother the perfect friend the perfect wife the perfect employee um and it's an impossible standard mm. and it's a different standard to the one that men are held to you know anything they do in the in, in these terms is seen as a bonus for, for women it's, it's expected and I think it, it's a, there's a real gulf there so yes no wonder we all feel as though we're failing all of the time because <laughs> they're not it's not a realistic it's not it's not it's not an expectation that anyone can meet so yes and I think there's there's this feeling of failing and then and then the feelings of guilt that that come with it oh yeah. gosh absolutely I mean I think looking at my parents when I was growing up my my mum seemed to be the perfect mother she you know looked after us she she cooked things from scratch she did crafts she did the washing she ironed pants and she had time to iron pants and my father you know worked all hours and did all of that and I am trying to compress both of them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. into my life I'm trying to have the time to iron pants and work full time and make crafts and create meals from scratch which I don't do and if I try I do it so badly but yeah it's almost trying to do two at, at once Yes, exactly. And I think and that conversation, I think it's a conversation that, that really needs to be had in the same way we're starting to have the conversation about the menopause, which is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, we've moved on to this sort of, yes, absolutely, we're equal and we have choices and we're kind of in the workplace. And But we now need to move this conversation on to women are still mopping up the domestic load and the, and the emotional burden. And yeah, it, it needs to change. And I was trying at the end to distill how I would describe the book and what I would say about it. Mm. And I was, I was thinking, well, yeah, it's it's about someone and their place in the world and how they feel. But I think it's it's a woman's worth. Mm. That was for me. And what does that mean? And how does that define you? That that was what I took from the book. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. I think it's so it's so many different things. And I I tried to write 
um, you know, as much compassion into the book as, as I was writing Rage. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a redemptive story at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, Grace, at, at just at this point where she looks as though she's finally losing control is actually the point that she takes back control. In a, in a sense, she kind of, she returns to, it's a return to self, a return to a, a more authentic self. She sort of throws off the shackles of, I think, this social straitjacketing. And she does, she goes out, she says and does all the things you only dream of doing to, you know, in her case, to, you know, the guy up the ladder who catcalls her and the, the woman in the chemist who sort of gets out her sharp elbows and tries to overtake her to the, the school mum who humble brags. She, she's actually, she, she, she rises up and she's, you know, she's going to get her daughter no matter what it takes and she's not going to let anyone stand in her way. So... Yes, in terms of a woman's worth, she kind of, she, she kicks ass in the book <laughs> in the end. <laughs> yeah, and she's such an amazing character. Were you able to let go of her when you'd finished writing her story? Oh, I tell you, yes, there's so much of her in all of us. It's, it's really interesting, somebody else that I was talking to uh, about this, and he sort of said it, it had insp- it inspired him the phrase, be more grace, you know, we should all be mm. more, be more grace. Um, gosh, was I able to let go of her? No, I'm thinking about her constantly <laughs> at the moment, doing all the, the publicity around the book. Um, but also, you know, so many interesting issues for me. It's, it's all my kind of preoccupations and my, my psyche on the page. So it's everything that's sort of running through you know, our lives and this kind of, yeah, being in this midlife space and, and grappling with it um, for good and for bad. So, yes, it's it's everything that's, that's all around us all the time, I think, yeah. <laughs> And it's a unique book, which is what I want. It's what I'm always looking for. When you got the idea for it, were you like, whoa, this is it. This is this is going to work. Yeah, yeah I, yes. Well, interestingly, I well, the idea came from this, this feeling that I wanted to write, a, you know, a midlife heroine, a, a warrior. Although I, I don't know that I would put it like that at the time, but I just felt... I was so sick of these kind of lazy representations of, of women in, in the middle of life, this kind of notion that um, women in, in this space are, you know, downtrodden, that awful word, over the hill and, and past it. And I just wanted to write something that countered that. I wanted to write the kind of the funny and interesting, clever, ambitious, nuanced women that I knew, you know, um, so I did feel really strongly that I wanted to write something that wasn't vanilla, that wasn't sanitised. So I knew that was going to be um, fun to do. And then by sort of adding in this this day from hell narrative, which I thought would offset the emotion that I knew there was going to be in the book, I knew that I could put the the dark humour into this kind of improbable idea of you know a perimenopausal woman as action hero. So yes, I do remember kind of cackling around writing the synopsis and cackling around the kitchen table with my husband and one of my daughters going, this is going to be fun to write. This is going to be cathartic. <laughs> but yes, I did. I pitched the idea in one line to my agent. Um, and she she knew, interestingly, straight away, she was like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, quite. I mean, it it's a book about a journey. And what it made me realise is that I tend to look at each day in isolation. You know, today's an awful day, an awful day. Whereas it's about the totality. It's to show you the journey that you can make and not to judge that one day on 
you know how your whole life's going to be yeah well that's so interesting actually structurally it, it is it kind of the, the present moment the present day section that follows the sort of it's the day in the life of, of a woman really but then as you say it kind of stretches over mm. over nearly two two decades but yes I it was really interesting to me to to explore that this kind of day-to-day backdrop to women's lives in terms of this sort of crisis of violence against women and girls that I wrote into it because I didn't see how you could write a day in the life of of a woman without without writing that so you know I do tackle some socio-political issues um in the book in, in terms of of women and girls but yes as you say it's a People have described it as a roller coaster because I think it yes it does it does an awful lot as the, the good times and the and the and the bad times too. <laughs> yes, but that those bad times don't have to define you forever. Yeah, 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 exactly. And as I say at the end, she does she sort of emerges like, in my mind like this sort of battered and, and bloodied goddess. <laughs> she comes through. She comes through. I mean, in a sense, like just really more for my own amusement than anything else, this kind of long, hot day's quest, as you say, that she goes on across London, I sort of used for as this sort of extended uh, metaphor for the for the menopause in some ways that this it's this sort of battle that, that you're that you're going through to kind of emerge and, and come out the other side sort of shifted and 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 rewired and and this kind of renaissance time that I I think it can can be did you change the story as you were writing it you know no I think it no it it didn't change very much actually at all I did write it in that as I think so many people did in that sort of frenzy of lockdown in those kind of unique Mm -hmm. circumstances where everything felt very acute and you know there was nothing else going on so yeah you could you could get on with it but no I don't I don't really think I did I mean I set out I definitely set out sort of some plot points along the way so I knew there were bits that I was going to to get to little islands in the in the narrative but I think they they remain the same and I have my ending um really from the beginning actually more you know more or less loosely mm-hmm. um yeah, so no, I don't think it... You know, the odd chapter here was sort of taken with my agent, kind of, no, let's take that one out. That's what you've done, that, that's boring. Um, <laughs> but no, essentially, it didn't. It didn't change that much, no. And this is your debut novel. I mean, it's un- unbelievable, really. But you have done an MA in creative writing. Yes. Was that helpful or was that actually, in a way, just putting off the, the inevitable moment of just <laughs> getting on writing a book? No, I loved my MA so much. So I did a part-time MA at, at Royal Holloway and um, got, it just felt like such a sort of pause in things for me. It was so indulgent and wonderful and, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And it made me, it made me do it, it made me write. But I, but mostly what I got personally out of the, out of the MA was I, I was lucky enough to be taught by Andrew Motion, which was, as you can imagine, enormously... Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> So I bet you sharpened your pencils and took in a very nice pencil case for that. <laughs> Dusted off the satchel. But yes, and I just feel like he re- like he really sort of sorted out my writing in the sense that I was a massive overwriter at the time in that kind of, why use one metaphor or simile when you can use ten and everyone's going to want to read all this description that I'm writing. Of course they are. So, yeah, he really sort of... Uh, yeah, line by line, I think I learned a lot about kind of the writing and sort of pairing pairing that back on the course. But then I signed to my agent um, on the back of the course, 
and I learned, Heli Ogden, she's amazing. Um, I learned so much from her in terms of plot, the fact that you you kind of needed one. Plot was the, the hardest <laughs> the hardest thing for me. Um, just that, you know, how to make it sound authentic and, and, you know, real and not overblown. And that that was the hardest, the hardest thing. So, yes, I learned so much about plot and pacing. So, yes, it was a, it was a, a journey beyond the MA. So I took very different things, actually, from from both. Oh, that's interesting. Now, um, a very important question on this podcast, a crucial. Uh, what biscuit <laughs> is powering your writing? <gasps> Oh God, I love biscuits. I love them. <laughs> and in fact, I was thinking we haven't done it, but over lockdown we did. Um, you know Richard Osman, his but he has the book of the Olympic uh, biscuit book where you can try all the biscuits and you have different rounds. But when he, they, I think it does. There's a chocolate bar one, or we did it with chocolate bars with our family, which was marvelous. Well, which biscuit? My kids always tell me that I go for a really boring biscuit. I, I'm going to have to say a malted milk. I might regret oh. that. I'd really like to spend more time considering this. Yeah, sorry. I'll be emailing you after saying not the most. <laughs> so, um, so if there's a play, if there's a variety pack presented to you, and you're looking for something to power your writing, the malted milk could be your. So I'm just, I'm, it's a left field choice. It is, but that's fine. That that's I I need you around when I've got the variety pack of biscuits because that might not be my biscuit of choice. What's, so. What is yours, Philip? What's yours like? <laughs> well, if it's not encased heavily in chocolate, then I'm not really yeah. interested. Yeah. Yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm I'm impressed. And is that with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee? I'd go for a cup of chamomile tea, but or a coffee, both at the same time. <laughs> My goodness, this is inspiring stuff. Now, this this will be an even stranger question, but I have to ask it because you find me at this point taking part in the Cinderella pantomime. I'm the fairy godmother. So if you were in Cinderella, which 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 character would you want to play and why? Oh, I'd be an ugly stepsister, I think. In fact, my, well, my second book that I'm trying to write at the moment is about sisters. I, I'm one of three sisters. I have three daughters. There's an awful lot of sisters in our family, so I am looking at that issue of, of sibling rivalry. So, yeah, I'd have to say an, an ugly stepsister. That is wonderful because my last question was going to be what's next. So, And here we have it, a book about sisters. Where is it... Uh, going to be a light-hearted one or is it no, a, I'm going a to deep write, dive I'm it sort of in a similar vein to, to grace so with that yeah. dark humor i hope that's coming through but sort of also really investigating those issues that in many ways i don't think of i'm looking at this the taboo of of a father who inadvertently reveals that he's got a, a favorite child and it's so interesting when you talk to people everybody has something to say about it in terms of their own experience so I think it is opening up a, a can of a can of worms so I hope it will be the same kind of you know emotion offset by some dark humor <laughs> and when might we expect that out to read oh, gosh, yes I don't I don't know oh it's so it is the difficult second okay. album isn't it yeah um, I guess I'm not sure what the scheduling is I've got to finish writing it first Okay, okay. So we'll... I'm suddenly going to speed up. 
Yes, I better let you get off and, and finish writing it because it sounds glorious. But first of all, we need to celebrate your debut glorious book, Amazing Grace Adams. Fran Littlewood, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Coming up for more book reviews. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping get up to 60 percent off during burrow's memorial day sale at burrow.com slash acast that's burrow.com slash acast Burrow.com slash ACAST. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Right, well, let's get on to the other books. We've had Amazing Grace Adams with Fran Littlewood. That was super. So let's get started on the next book, Stay Buried by Kate Webb. Oh, from the minute I started this book, I was committed to it. Let me read you the blurb on this one. Detective Inspector Matt Lockyer has been sidelined to work in cold cases following a bad decision he made in a recent investigation to protect a friend. Lockyer isn't too bothered though as it gives him the chance to review some of the cases that keep him up at night and to look into his own brother's senseless killing which still remains unsolved. On a quiet afternoon, Lockyer received a phone call from prisoner Hedy Lambert, a woman he put inside for murder 14 years ago. She informs him that the man she was originally accused of killing has turned up alive and well and begs him to reopen her case. All those years ago, Lockyer had been the one to pin down Hedy's motive, but he'd never wanted to believe she was guilty. The thought that he might have sent an innocent woman to prison for life appalls him and he agrees to reopen the investigation. But has it become too personal and is he being manipulated? Perhaps there are some cases that should just stay buried. That's quite a long introduction and it's all wonderful and tells you lots. My introduction, my blurb for this book would be, if you like crime, read this book immediately. It's blooming brilliant. 
So there we go. Let's do the first sentence. And that's why I'm not charged with writing blurbs for books, because mine are not as detailed as is required. OK, here we go. Day one, Friday. D.I. Lockyer, a woman's voice, hollow, oddly familiar. For a second, Lockyer thought he recognised it, then silence at the other end of the line, except for the faintest sound of an indrawn breath. The back of Lockyer's neck prickled. His blurred reflection watched him from the window, a tall, rangy figure, dark hair that needed cutting, a crooked nose and eyes with shadowed rings underneath them. He really needed a good night's sleep. It's a long one. It's 450 pages, but not a word is wasted. I mean, it leads in. You get to know the lead character, the DI. It's brilliantly done. I was hooked because I cared. He's not a perfect detective at all. He's got this backstory, but it's a different backstory. It's not like some of the others. You know, you, you often have the investigator who is maybe an alcoholic or, you know, gone through certain things in their lives. Yes, this character has, but it just felt different. It was a really interesting plot. There were twists. I loved it. If you love your crime, you're going to love this. I thought it was absolutely superb. I presume that it's Kate's debut. I don't know. I'm reading very hurriedly <laughs> to try to work out if this is a debut or not. And I can't even open the bit of paper that would tell me. So talk amongst yourselves while... You yeah, well, this is her first crime novel. And Catherine, so she's written several historical novels under the name Catherine Webb, and this is her first crime novel. Well, I expect more Kate Webb. I expect many more books because you can write crime. And if you keep writing them, I'm going to keep reading them. Absolutely superb. So that was Stay Buried by Kate Webb. I think you've got the idea. There's some great books this week. Honestly, there's no duds at all. I quite like having a dud sometimes. So maybe I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> there's no duds, but no, it's better to have good books, isn't it? Right. Let's get on to the next one. The Daughter by Liz Webb. I lean in and whisper the question I've never let myself utter in 23 years. Dad, did you murder mum? Hannah Davidson has a dementia-stricken father, an estranged TV star brother, and a mother whose suspicious death opened up fault lines beneath the surface of their ordinary family life. Hannah is disturbed by the uncanny resemblance she now has to her glamorous mother. She begins to exploit this arresting likeness to force the truth into the light but in doing so is propelled into a fatal standoff she could never have foreseen. Right, and let's do the first sentence of this one. If I can find it for you. Here we go, chapter one. Normal people don't eat raw quince, but I sink my teeth into the smooth skin of a fat yellow specimen and the astringency of the hard pulp floods my mouth, making me grimace. I plucked this one from the tree in Dad's front garden at around 2am last night as I followed his stretcher to the ambulance. I, well, OK, when I heard about this book, I've got to be honest, I was like, oh, the daughter, a, a thriller, psychological thriller. I thought, oh, this isn't going to be for me. You know me. I've had my fill of typical traditional psychological thrillers. And yet, when I heard this about the, the question, Dad, did you murder Mum? I thought, oh, actually, I would like to read this book. So I read it and I'm jolly glad I did. It's different. Yes, it's it, it, it 
it's a psychological thriller, but it's it's so different. It's got great pacing. It's got twists. It's got this sharp humour that catches you as you're reading it. It's superb. I'm so glad uh, that I read it. I thought it was just so well placed and again, a bit different from some of the, the psychological thrillers that we read. So, yes, bravo. Liz Webb, Kate Webb. I don't know if you are related or maybe you didn't even know about each other. And I'm introducing you both by virtue of this podcast. And yes, for those of you who know me well and are asking the question, is it possible that Philippa hasn't had anything to eat yet and has not had a cup of coffee yet? The answer to that is you are absolutely correct. And that's the problem that we're in. Anyway, on to the next one. Becky by Sarah May. Listen to the blurb on this one. Becky Sharp is determined, determined to get away from her dead end hometown, determined to make a name for herself and determined to achieve success. And she doesn't care how many lives she ruins in the process. In 90s tabloid era London, Becky schemes her way into high society where millionaires and aristocrats trade favours and fortunes. Before long, she is scaling the ranks at the Mercury newspaper with scoop after scoop, breaking the biggest stories of the decade. Relentlessly ambitious, Becky never looks back on her way to the top, but what goes up must come down. And Becky's fall from grace is as shocking as the final scandal she finds herself tangled up in. Let's do first sentence. Well, the the first of all, you get her CV, which is quite interesting. Um, Let me let me go on to the first sort of full words. This CV was produced on my Olympia SF portable typewriter and posted a fortnight ago to the English Rose Nanny Agency at their Knightsbridge offices. The agency was recommended to me by one of my referees, Mr Crisp, for complicated reasons that have nothing to do with his three children. Childcare isn't what brought us together. I thought this was a great book. I enjoyed it. It was sharp. It was bright. It was different again. Um, I immediately sort of connected to the to, to the narrator. Can you say you connected to? I, I immediately sort of got on her level and I liked it. It it felt, I don't know, just different and compelling and drew me in. And I found myself smiling and grimacing and of all the, the things that happened. Yes, excellent. Sarah May, Becky. And the last book from someone who I think this was the first author I ever followed on Twitter, Jill Mansell. And I'm sure I've told you the story about getting locked in a toilet about Jill Mansell. And I so I won't go into that one again. But if I haven't told it and you need me to tell it, remind me and I'll say on the next episode. Anyway, here we go. One minute, Lou is happily employed with a perfect flat. The next, her home and job have gone. Suddenly, she has to start over. The last thing Lou wants is to move to a tiny Cotswolds village. She certainly doesn't intend to work for the commungingly 80-year-old Edgar Allsop. But Edgar is about to make her the kind of promise nobody could ignore. In return, she secretly vows to help him fall in love with life again. Foxwell is also home to Remy whose charm and charisma are proving hard to ignore. But Lou hasn't recovered from the last time she fell for a charmer. She needs a distraction and luckily one's about to turn up. Secrets never stay hidden for long in Foxwell, nor are promises always kept. And no one could guess what lies ahead. Let's do the first sentence. Chapter one. How much? 
the old man ahead of Lou at the supermarket checkout was glaring in disbelief at the female cashier. Oh, now you always say that. The cashier was evidently accustomed to his crabbiness. And the prices haven't changed since last week, my love. They're too high anyway. Shouldn't be allowed. And don't call me love. Listen, it's it's just like being hugged by a book. It's warm. It's not a book that sort of talks down to you. It's not too fluffy, if you know what I mean. It's just, I think it's because the characters are so warm and um, accommodating that they just pull you into the story straight away and you want to keep reading. And it does have, yes, it's about, it's a book about love, but it's about love in all different types. And it's got the twists and turns with that as well. I just think you're in safe hands with Jill Mansell. She produces the goods. And OK, if you're into reading horror or high fantasy, then this might not be the book for you. But if you're looking just for a break from some of the um, more sinister reads that, that we get through and you just want to be comforted by a book, then Promise Me, I think, is... Um, it's a lovely book. So there we go. Those are your ones. Let's have a recap. We've had Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood and Fran very kindly came on to talk to us about that book. Then we had Stay Buried by Kate Webb, a superb crime book. Bravo, Kate Webb. Then we had The Daughter by Liz Webb. That's a, a good psychological thriller. Well, is it? A, it's a... It's a thrillery, crimey... Yeah, it's good. <laughs> then we had Becky by Sarah May. Oh, it's... Sometimes it, that book is like sucking on a lemon and you know the carrot is wonderful and then promise me by jill mansell a hug in a book so there we go those are your five we've got some great authors next week we've got who am i talking i'm talking to i'm interviewing ellie griffiths i'm interviewing louise candlish and i've got more book reviews for you so stay tuned i'll see you next week and just look after yourselves take care now bye-bye you've been listening to the quick book reviews podcast that's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. 
And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.